Iowa's News Now Sports brings you black and gold glory. Your all-access pass to all things Hawkeyes. This is Eye on the Hawks. To quote a longtime newsman that's uh, blown up on the internet over the years, we'll do it live. Welcome <laughs> to Eye on the Hawks, our first live reaction edition following Iowa's 24-14 win over Utah State to start 2023. Mitch Fick, Owen Sebring, Mike Howell here, uh, and we'll be recapping Northwestern and Rutgers in breathless fashion as we go through uh, the Scarlet Knights off to a nice start there in Piscataway against the Wildcats, 14-0. We'll try to focus on the black and gold, though. 1-0 in 2023. Uh, but plenty to talk about, certainly. And if you're on the internet, a lot of level-headed this there, there, there seems to be quite a bit to complain about if you're uh, on the keyboard typing away. We will start, though, with uh, initial reactions from you guys just about what you saw. And uh, obviously, we'll get into the details. But 24 points, some offensive hype, and uh, some stuff to pick apart as well. Interesting point total that they reached there, 24 points. I don't, I, I have no, <laughs> no comment on this. I mean, genuinely speaking, I will say that, like, when we talked about this a few weeks ago about, like, is the 24 points a distraction, so on and so forth. Um, I mean, I don't want to make a big thing out of it, but it's like, you know, th this kind of goes back to what I was saying before. That it's like, I don't think that it's so much of a distraction that it's going to, like, cost them W's or anything like that. But it's like, it, I can't help but think that that, idea of the point total at least crosses the minds of some of the people out there on the field, um, you know, either on the sideline or some of the players that they're like, oh, 24-14 and there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Hmm, interesting. Like that at least doesn't occur to them that that's the point total that they have at that point. But I mean, right away, they were on pace for infinity right there. Second play <laughs> of the game, Seth Anderson. Uh, they were really hyped up about that. Uh, of course, Caleb Johnson setting things up with a great kickoff return there. Uh, couple what of great angles. Bro. Thanks to Shannon Earhart for sharing that angle with us. Yep. Uh, do we get mine in there too? Are we going to have a trifecta of we looks? We do not. We just, That's the okay. Next That's okay. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Uh, and then they force a, a three and out from Utah State. And then fourth and goal. New Kirk from 2015 still showing up in 2023 going forward on fourth and goal. Eric All, the Ann Arbor connection sometimes as simple as three yards on fourth and goal in Iowa City. Uh, so great to see perfect start for Cade in the offense. And then as it's been uh, as it's been categorized, there was a bit of a lull. Uh, Xavier Wampa with a great pick there, went out with some heat cramps. Sounds like he'll be all right, but yeah. uh, maybe a couple other guys dealing with that. And then Drew Stevens. Uh, we'll talk about this drive a little bit, too. A couple missed opportunities to get in the end zone, but it was a 17-3 to lead for the Hawks at halftime. Drew Stevens, of course, uh, great to see him doing well. And then in the fourth quarter, finally got to 24. Caleb Johnson rolling his way in. Caden Weijin, who had a couple... Really nice runs for the team. Uh, looked like he might have got in. Turned out he stepped out of bounds, so he was uh, set up that Caleb Johnson TD. This is a nice little play there from Jazz Patterson as well. Excited to see what he can do with a full season of work in 2023. Mike, your reactions to everything we got Owens there. Uh, what do you think about what you saw from the Hawks? Had, uh, you've got a great photo gallery up at uh, cbs2iowa.com. Uh, some really cool shots from from what you saw in your perspective. Yeah, you can check that out. I was on the sideline with a camera. I've only done this a few times, so um, the photos are a work in progress, about 60 of them up there. I posted it on our Eye on the Hawks Twitter handle, X handle, whatever you want to call it. I was really impressed with the opening two drives. I mean, it, the last two seasons, if you would have told me, first two drives, touchdowns, we're taking that every day. <laughs> Obviously, there's some concerns and some consistency errors in, in you know in the second half, and, and Kirk and all the guys talked about you know, they weren't executing correctly. And that's where, you know, his old mantra, week one to week two, get better. Yeah. You know, go back to the drawing board of practice. Um, but you saw the flashes. You saw what this offense can do. Now can they do it consistently and against better competition is is the question. This was something I, I asked a little bit about. I Maybe I was making too much out of it. We all three were on the field for this. It was hot out. That's, we knew, we talked for a week it was going to be hot out. There was this, again, categorized as kind of a lull in between. There was a fourth down conversion that didn't pan out. A couple shots at the end zone that were just a little bit off. I can't imagine wearing black jerseys and pads and being there, especially in the trenches or a defense going up against a, a Utah State offense that's got pace and is moving around a lot. Like, yeah, there's going to be a lull. People are tired. Yeah. Like the, Even after halftime coming out and you – you know, it's one of those weird things. You step into the, the AC and then step back out and everything's kind of magnified. Do you guys think the heat played in a, a role at all? And just 
again, the, the lull, the slag, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was just holding the camera on the sidelines. It was warm out there, especially with the, the artificial turf out there and the pellets. Like that's, uh, yeah, yeah, it gets toasty. True. I, I, I would say that the heat was a factor, um, both for the players a little bit. I think that Kirk Ferentz told a, a story about Bob Cratch back in the yeah. 1980s. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I did not expect a Bob Cratch reference at today's <laughs> press conference. More likely to make a Bob Cratchit reference, some Christmas carol thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he did even reference that a little bit, that it was hot and that, that the players, I mean, Xavier, you know, had some heat cramps yeah. and that uh, that was a factor a little bit. And not just for the players themselves, but I think that the coaches just wanting to limit the players a little bit. Maybe yeah. if not for the heat, possibly Kirk would have kept Kate out there a little bit longer, sure. right? than subbing Deacon in. Um, I think that that just like, he, he just didn't want to go full bore with those guys um, with how hot it was and how much that could have done some damage on their bodies if, if they really went a full hard for four quarters for that game. Yeah, it's not easy. We saw a ton of games all over the country. I mean, it was just, it was a brutal day to be playing football uh, first weekend of September. Mike, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think obviously it did make an impact. I know you asked a question, and a few other reporters after the game asked, you know, how big of that impact, because they are wearing black jerseys. And we joked about last week. I, I wore like, a black shirt just to emulate it. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, can it be really that hot? Yeah, it could be. I joked around last week. I'm like, what, why don't they just wear white, you know? But, you know, they're not going to do that. Um, a Hawkeye football team's not. Some teams would, but but I was not going to. Um, none of the players, you know, took the bait. It wasn't actually bait. We were just curious if they were, if that would impacting them. And they said, yeah, but Utah State was. was played in the heat too so everyone dealing with the same thing yeah. I do want to bring a little perspective because again people have, have talked a little bit about this again lull call it whatever th to have two quick scores and then to not get a touchdown again until the fourth quarter on that Caleb Johnson run I had 284 offensive yardage offensive yards that's better than 10 games that they had last year I think wow yeah a, in case you didn't That's know, impressive. Iowa's offense okay. struggled in 2022. And they so still lost the yardage battle. Yeah, which Utah again, State yesterday. <laughs> Utah State gets 55 yards on offensive yards and then uh, 15 yards on a penalty on that touchdown drive at the end when the game was in hand. So they, it is what it is. Yeah. 24 points better than eight games in 2022 and equal to two other games. They had 24 against Purdue and Wisconsin. Okay. So doing right again. 24 is one less than other numbers, whatever. It's one more than the Ohio State Buckeyes scored yesterday, which doesn't mean anything. It's We're not just talking a fun nearly <laughs> enough about that. That glass is half full. Three of those touchdowns were on offense as well. How many games do you think Iowa scored three offensive touchdowns in 2022? Zero. Higher. One. Uh, Nevada? Nevada. They score against okay, Northwestern. There's, there's one. There's two. Um, I know Purdue, they scored three. two touchdown passes There's in the three. first quarter, okay. the first half, I mean. So they scored three touchdowns on offense. They only did that in those three games last year. Six explosive plays. An explosive play, as defined by the NFL rules, is a pass of at least 20 yards, a run of at least 10 yards. They had a 29-yard completion to Nico, a 31-yard completion to Luke, and a 36-yard touchdown to Seth. Caleb had a 21-yard run. Uh, Caden Weijin, who's looking like Paul Chaney Jr. back in 2009-2010, running jet sweeps uh, at wide receiver. He had a 13-yarder and a 14-yarder. Jazz Patterson had an 18-yard uh, catch, so that almost there. Does that I, not count like kick returns, like you said, with the Caleb one? Or we can uh, throw that in. It's technically that, offense. Yeah. That's that's special teams, and special teams were, were fantastic. <laughs> Tory Taylor had a punt blocked, and it still went 37 yards. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. He is him. More on another guy who is him after this. Uh, Iowa had three explosive plays against South Dakota State last year to open. It was two 20, a 26 and 27 yarder from Arlen Bruce and then a 10 yarder from LaShawn Williams. They had zero explosive plays against Iowa State wow. the next week. So more explosive plays, more downfield action. And again, it comes down to a, a missed fourth down conversion on one drive. They had a little wheel to LaShawn that he could have caught that could have been a touchdown instead of that Drew Stevens field goal. Uh, Kay dropped one in the bucket to Nico. That would have been a great catch from Nico that just kind of went through his arm. Uh, Mike got a great shot of that. They were right there, and they still achieved more than we saw a lot of times yeah. from offense in 2022. Um, but again, what a what a start. And Seth Anderson, who's going to be such a fun kid, it feels like, to to get to watch and get to talk to. He was certainly hyped up and uh, felt a little, little uh, I'm going to make up a word, nostradamical about that second play call of the offensive season for the Hawkeyes. Amazing. It was a great feeling. You know, the crowd was, was hype. I was hype. Teammates were hype. It was a great start. Yeah, when it was called, I was like, it's a touchdown. <laughs> For sure.
So yeah, I got inside of him, you know, faked it out and then went back up. And I felt like him fall behind me, so I was like, yeah, it should be going to me. So you scored touchdowns in college before, but to hear that crowd blow up the way it did. It was different. I mean, it was really electric, you know. It was just a great start to the game, which I felt like really got our team going, so. Yeah, he's Flipper Anderson's kid, all right, and making a name for himself. It's super cool to see. Um, yeah, I mean, we all, we all had great reactions, but I, I think even as as camera people covering on the field, the minute you see K drop back on the second play of the year, I think we're all like, come on, all right, all right. <laughs> Give me a good highlight to such, start this game, please. Such a cool moment. I, I was genuinely, I think I told Mike this, that I was not confident that that was going to hold up on a review. I mean, the way that he kind of I thought he had it, but yeah, you, yeah, you know, whatever, but. Thankfully, did. Thankfully, we can <laughs> I, use that I, highlight. <laughs> I, Iowa people can't have nice things, so yeah, yeah, you probably didn't catch it. Uh, Cade McNamara, again, his his Hawkeye debut, 17 to 30 for 191, two touchdowns, no picks. Started things off uh, authoritative with that 36 yarder to Seth. Cade McNamara smiled a lot, and the minute he was asked in the postgame presser about this, that smile started beaming again. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Gosh, I was so fired up. I mean, we had the exact look we wanted. And to be honest, I was kind of surprised that that play was called that early. Um, I was expecting maybe a play action or something. But when, you know, Brian called it and we got the look that we wanted, I was I was just so fired up to be able to hit that. And Seth made a great play on it. That's some dad energy. Uh, Gosh, I was so fired up is a, <laughs> is a dad line. And, uh, of course, he's been great being a leader coming in. I think that you talked about you were a little bit closer to the start of the swarm yesterday with your camera. And I think that you said that you could see him, you know, beaming that people smile don't, there. People do not smile in the swarm. Usually they're locked in. I've seen a couple times where they, like, their eyes get a little wider if it's their first one or if it's especially big crowd. Cade McNamara, the year he's had, you know, Going through things in Ann Arbor, having surgery, the last month he's had, then having a having what he's dealing with this with his leg, I think he soaked up every single moment. And that was so cool to just see him out of the tunnel, just they they don't have the swarm in Ann Arbor. They've got their own thing and that's awesome. But boy, yeah. I, I think he just really enjoyed himself. So you saw that one and then uh, after the his touchdown passing through to Eric All, I mean I I got a little bit of a peak of like when he came over and celebrated yeah. with Eric that those two also just like he was just beaming from ear to ear and then you saw it in the press conference and you really got the impression that he is having fun I mean yeah. that uh, I mean he had a I would say I guess a great day I mean yeah. not a perfect day but like pretty great outing and I mean as far as what Iowa fans were hoping to see out of Cade McNamara you know, maybe you could have asked for a little bit more. I mean, there were some drop passes that you could have thrown a couple other touchdowns on there possibly, but overall, I mean, couldn't much complain about hardly anything you saw out of Cade McNamara. There were also a couple drops. Um, yeah. You know, I don't want to count Nico's as a drop because it was a very tough catch. Yeah. You're talking anytime you have to switch your shoulders looking over, that's a very tough catch. Uh, LaShawn had one right after that. that wheel, yeah, just the a wheel. step ahead of him. Yeah. And again, um, again, he missed two weeks of camp. You know, there's trying to get that timing back down again. They probably have better timing with Deacon right now than they do Cade just out of repetition. But Cade's the guy. And, again, not going to complain about 191 passing yards and, and two touchdowns, no picks, too. I mean, protecting the ball the way they did was great. Yeah. Smart smart play out of him. I mean, and one sack. We should talk about the, the yeah. O-line, too. Of course, that was a big focus. Uh, boy, there weren't a whole lot of opportunities or instances, I should say. I mean, he, he moved a little bit and had to keep his feet moving in the pocket, but or that O-line's pass protection. And again, that sack was just shot a gap immediately a linebacker made through. I mean, that's just kind of one of those blow-up plays. But Rick he talked about that post-game, and he yeah. said that um, it, it was a misassignment. Yeah. yeah, one of the – he didn't say who, but he said, who you know, whoever missed that assignment, that's a correctable mistake, and that shouldn't have happened, yeah. Yeah, other, other than that, I know that some people were not happy with the offensive line because of the lack of running game in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were loading the box, too. I mean, Utah State knows, hey, let's – Let's keep an eye on Caleb Johnson and see what this passing offense does. And uh, yeah, I, I again laid out kind of where this offense was a year ago when they scored seven points without scoring a touchdown. It's almost a, an incredible thing to do in an opener there or at any point. But uh, some some good stuff I think from the offense, even if you you want to call it stagnant or stalling or whatever it may be. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. But of course. Everyone was wondering, boy, Iowa's going to take a knee to end this game at 24-14. They're in field goal range, and there's some sort of contractual thing. Uh, Mike has talked about this for weeks and months. He does have a bit of a graphic that he'd like to put up. I think a few people have graphics, but 
This is our rendition of it. So, Mike, if you want to do the honors with whatever you got. Yep, there it is. That's uh, We'll be updating this every week. I was um, spent on that. I'll have to, get, I'll have mean, to do some math. I haven't done that since, since uh, high school, really. But <laughs> uh, It's a good graphic. It's, it's probably not as good as the one that the Sickos Committee put out. Where they have the uh, oh, prices yeah. right, took the prices right yodeler and yeah. have Ryan Nania shared drive that. to three twenty five is what they're calling it. Love shout out Sicko's committee; they're one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> again, but like I said, three three offensive touchdowns, something we only saw three times from the offense in twenty twenty two. So the number is what it is. Let's let's keep looking. For you know, on paper, when you're like, this might be the weakest team, you know, non con that you play, you're like, oh, this is where they should pad the stats. I think just with Kirk Ferentz teams, though. They start clicking, especially with so many new parts yeah. for an Iowa team. They're going to score more than 24, yeah. I believe, against teams and maybe against better teams. And then, yeah, there were some missed opportunities on the defensive side of the ball uh, that tend to, to put some points on the board. I look at it this way. Iowa was not the only Big Ten West team to host a Mountain West team to open the season. That other Big Ten West team scored 35 points, had about 340 yards of offense. Their quarterback, coincidentally, went 17 of 30, two touchdowns, no picks. Purdue lost to Fresno State at home. You want to be a Boilermaker this morning or do you want to be a Hawkeye? <laughs> if you're a Hawkeye fan and you're like, oh, did you only beat them by 10. It was a late touchdown to, you know, cut all that. You could have lost. You could have lost. And you saw enough good stuff on offense that, and again, it's, it's, it was shades of Purdue last year. We talked about that uh, on an earlier pod where they scored two touchdowns super quick, like in a five-minute span. This was seven minutes. And then didn't mail it in, but they weren't taking too many risks. I mean, Iowa here... Took a couple shots. There was a Caleb Brown uh, streak route, a go route that just overthrew a little bit. Again, we talked about the missed opportunities there at the end of the first half. I think you can be disappointed, and maybe that's a strong word of like, oh, man, we're you know right there on that. But again, a group that hasn't played a lot of football together. A lot of them haven't played any football together aside from, from camp and practices. I think you can be fairly optimistic about what you saw yeah. uh, from the offense, and it sounded like Cade was as well. I think even the casual fan, I mean, I've heard the, the term used, take your foot off the gas a lot over the last uh, 18 hours, and <laughs> I think I don't think there's any arguing that that they did. I mean, I think that that was by design. I mean, like we You're talked 14 about. 14 nothing, seven minutes in. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's always, with Kirk Ferentz, there's always planning for the week ahead or the weeks ahead where you just, as we always say, you don't want to open up the playbook too much. And so they're like, we've got a 14 nothing lead. We feel like we've got this game in control. Like, what what good are we doing ourselves by dropping 35 on these guys and taking a 35 nothing lead? Yeah. I mean, if we can save some of our plays and some surprises we have, for, especially for Iowa State next week, why not let's do that and just be content winning by 10 points? You yeah. also want to get the running game going. So when you run the ball yep. in the second and third quarter and it really goes nowhere, it's not, oh, we're running the clock out. It's at some point the running game is going to need yeah. – I was going to need the running game to win games. We have to get the line, you know, cohesive enough reps and stuff like that to be able to play against better defensive lines. You, sorry, were you done, Mike? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, you, don't, you obviously don't want to think of these games as a scrimmage because they're not. They're a real Division One football game. But to some degree that is the case where it's like you, you are using this first game – um, against an opponent who you know that you can beat, I think, you know, especially when you take a 14 nothing lead where you're like, all right, we've got a, a lead now and we're happy with where we are. Let's, yeah, let's try some things out. To Mike's point about just getting that running game going and getting those guys some meaningful minutes on the field to just test things out and get some real live game action. Yeah, and again, the score is not indicative of the, the gap there was in that game. Iowa had the game in hand for, for most of it. Utah State is obviously a lot different than last year. We talked about, what, 60 transfers almost. And yeah. they even mentioned, you know, they had to look at, the OCs, like four other schools he'd yeah. been at to kind of get a, a sense of what they were going to present on offense. The defense uh, was maybe doing some stuff as well that um, didn't always pop up on stuff. But listen, the Hawkeyes know things weren't perfect. There's a lot to be encouraged about, though. And uh, Caden Kirk both uh, addressed the struggles and addressed the optimism while also knowing there's stuff to clean up after the game. Um, I mean, overall, I think we left a lot out there, to be honest. I think, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that, you know, feel that we left something out there. I mean, we understand, I mean, just playing the game, you know, we started off really hot and then we had a pretty long stall. So, um, you know, there's, this is still like the first time that all of us are in a game situation. There's so many new guys on this team that this is our first game playing together. So I think for us to have a feel, to be honest, I'm kind of excited that we were able to see some adversity for the first time. I don't, I didn't want it to be, 
you know, just a cakewalk. And for us to just, you know, just see a bunch of success, like it's important for us as a new group that's trying to connect even more, you know, in game situations for us to have to deal with things like that. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's, we could feel that, you know, we need a score on this drive. Like it's been, the defense has been on the field for too long. And, you know, for a guy like, you know, Mason Richmond to, you know, bring the guys up and get us motivated. And um, for a guy like Luke Lachey to come up with just a huge cash when this team needed it most. I think, you know, yeah, we struggled a little bit, but I also think there is a lot of good that came out of that. We heard from multiple people that Mason Richmond said something uh, at some point going into the fourth quarter and uh, before the last touchdown drive. So he, he gathered everybody in. So we'll interrogate Mason about that come Tuesday, assuming he's he's there again. Uh, a reminder that as we're streaming on YouTube, if you're watching this, the chat is open. If you've got questions, comments, keep it clean. It's a Sunday, folks, but we'll uh, we'll get into that. I know somebody just texted you something about uh, the offense. Yeah, I mean. One of the things that I think we even talked about yesterday a little bit was just like maybe a little bit of questions about where the offensive line was at. And uh, my friend Luke Hawthorne, who's a big Hawkeye fan, and I told him to be live streaming in today, he said, is it okay to quote him? There's no swears. So I'll, I'll just read his question. As you you it, do as what you're presented. comfortable with. Yeah. So, so he says, here's a question probably many are thinking. Why is the Iowa offensive line subpar for the third year in a row? If Kirk and Brian are good for anything, it should be putting together an exceptional O-line, right? Um, What's his name? <laughs> I just want to. I want to address him by, by name. His name's Luke. Luke, um, good pal. You saw sixty-nine plays. It's, it's true. That give that it is, a minute. It's, Could it's, you give it a minute? <laughs> it's true to say that, like, yeah, calling it subpar right now is like, well, it's it's one game, so we haven't seen a lot. We don't know if they are. Subpar I think it's fair to call the run blocking that, but I think the pass blocking was above average. Dude, yeah, and th and that was the key. Again, they gave up. I think. 39 sacks in 13 games last year. They gave up three, and that number's been climbing the last couple of years to come out and keep that pocket clean for him. And again, Cade's got a little more mobility, even with a with a roughed up wheel. Uh, I was I was encouraged by what I saw in the really? offense. Again, they they stacked the box. That final Iowa possession where they go three plays for negative seven yards. I was not trying to like not really trying to gain yards there. They're trying to get Utah State to burn timeouts, punt it away, pin them back and wrap this thing up. I think that those are clock-killing things. Obviously, there were other ones where, yeah, they're getting stuffed. Uh, but again, Caleb busted a couple big runs. They used the sweeps to get a few. Listen, the, the run blocking needs work for sure, absolutely. But I think overall, I don't think you call them subpar. I think we saw progress in a lot of ways. So I, I know you, you look at the numbers and you see, well, Caleb didn't break 100 yards and he had, you know, how many carries? Um, uh, like 16. I had the box score open. Let me check real quick. I do. Oh, I have it right here. Why am I asking people? <laughs> um, Caleb had what? 19 carries for 63 yards, along a 21. So yeah, you take the 21 yarder away. Sure, I know that game. 18 carries for 42 yards. Lashawn well, yeah, had six carries good. for 16 yards. Yeah, yeah. I 36 mean, carries for 88 yards. It's again. It's one game. It's. I think they'll be fine. It's possible. I mean, I I hear what he's saying a little bit just because I think that. We, I mean, even we here had talked about how excited we were for the offensive line with the amount sure. of experience that we had back. I think that we kind of thought like, boy, these guys are really going to run over some people this year. And that's not what we saw yesterday. No. I, mean, I feel like we did not see that. I mean, if there's any one little thing that I would say is a concern for me from what I saw yesterday, I would say that it might be the offensive line mm -hmm. play. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but it is like, yeah, again, it's the first game. Utah State's Potentially not a bad team this year. Who knows? There's 60 um, new players. So on they, that team. they could be an opponent that, you know, five or six weeks from now, we see that they have a pretty decent record, and maybe that's a pretty quality win after They're a while. They're still a big unknown. So, yeah, yeah sure. If, if week four or five were still having the same question, then I, then I could, you know, right. we could make an assessment on the, on the O line play. I also think if, if, if there's one bigger run out of there at any point, again, you had the, the three explosive plays on the running side, but if Caleb busts one for like 55 or 60, if that kickoff return he had to open the game as a rush, I think even that one play at least like helps the perspective of like, oh, like, well, Caleb had that big run. I think if, if you can have that one play to kind of center around on either side of the ball, you're like, okay, yeah, like done a little better, but possibly yeah, a, better. an encouraging thing though is, you know, Keegan had what, what that last touchdown was or Keegan, Caleb had that last touchdown. It was, it was like a 10-yard run, I believe. It was three. He bounced outside. Oh, it's okay. He bounced yeah. out, so it looked longer. And then... Um, Hayden had the sweep to get it up there. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, you know, there were some holes there at the end of the game. 
So yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's it's one week. Thanks for the question, Luke. Appreciate it. <laughs> Keep them coming. Uh, yeah, there you go. Mitchell mock you on air if you. If I, you I don't mean to mock. I'm just I, when people are the amount of people online who just had this oh here we go again mentality like a we went through the improvements like there was market improvement ahead of what we saw last year and b give it a minute like <laughs> september 2nd my my fall shot like again you want to be purdue would you rather have more points in an l mm-hmm. go to west lafayette if you want that anyways um kirk we should share his thoughts. Uh, we've got the O struggles and overall. Do we want to do both those, Mike, just back to back? Yeah, we can do that. First, Kirk, just we were, he was talking about, I think he was asked what he saw w- during the second and third quarter when there was a little bit of a lull, as I believe, and, and, and here's what he said to that. Yeah, I, I think probably the you know, most disappointing thing, we obviously had some leakage on that third, fourth and one, uh, so the back really didn't have a chance to hit it the way you need to. and. You know, we'll have to take a look at that and see what happened. I can't tell exactly what happened on that play. But to me, equally as disappointing, then they took it and drove it and got a field goal. You know, we held them out of the end zone. But um, that, that's the part where we're going to have to learn. Like, you have to have responses. And, you know, you're not always going to make it if you go forward on fourth. So come back, let's get the ball back immediately and, and go back to work. So that's a team football component. And we did a good job of that earlier, uh, you know, getting a stop, taking the ball, driving it, those types of things. So. You know, part of that's just an emotional thing, and we get some young guys first time they've played, so they're going to learn learn how all that fits together. Um, and then just yeah, specifically, we we had some plays seemed like we we missed on a couple plays that were potentially going to be pretty good for us. And you know, if you can hit those, it's a whole different. Uh, that's that's how you create momentum. And that's how you get things flowing a little bit. And when you don't, it's kind of a you know, boom. <laughs> here we go. We're punting the ball. Yeah, I mean, he's realistic about it. You know, they saw some good leakage, as you heard. Yeah, there's a little bit there. But uh, again, it, it sounds like they know what they need to do. And again, they'll, they'll get in the film today and, and start cleaning stuff up. Uh, again, he Kirk wasn't in a bad mood by any sense at, at the end of this. Thoughts? Uh, no, I agree. Hey, you crack jokes with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I haven't heard a post-game media room blow up with laughter like that in a while. That was great. <laughs> you, I mean, you were partially to responsible for that one. I, I forget where I even saw the Twitter account post that that was the first. Well, that was the graph they put up on FS1, the the opening oh, okay. opening drive passing touchdown. That's wild that we talked about that mm-hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday, and then it immediately comes to fruition. So, some are saying that uh, Kirk Ferentz is an eye on the Hawks a viewer, <laughs> and he saw that and Almost made guaranteed. a point. Some are saying. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Some Kirk. are saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Can you imagine Kirk watching a YouTube live stream of a Hawkeye recap? I think Kirk's going it. after uh, my friend Luke right now. Actually, <laughs> hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> you know, think when he worked subpar. Um, no, again, thank you, Luke. I didn't mean to come at you like that. Um, just yeah, again, I've spent too much time on the internet in the last what twelve hours. 12, 15 hours just watching people be like, "It's always a bad habit." Yeah, time I'm really, st- I'm starting to second guess this internet um, thing. Thanks for watching online. But <laughs> no, as far as uh, Kirk's thoughts, though, yeah, I mean, he seemed, he seemed whatever, just okay with things after the game. I think the game went largely according to the plan that he'd probably scripted out for it, yeah. and um, that was, that was about it. Just kind of on to week two. Yeah, here's more of Kirk on his overall thoughts uh, on how the team played uh, yesterday. You know, really happy uh, to get the win, obviously, and just proud of our team's effort. Thought they did a good job uh, in camp and did a good job preparing this week for the game and, um, you know, gave good effort today. Certainly, uh, first and foremost, you know, the objective is to win a game and hopefully our guys understand it's really easy. Uh, sometimes it is, but not, not too often, that's for sure. And then the most critical thing is there are going to be a lot of good teaching things from this ball game. Um, you know, we came out, I thought, with really good energy, had a lot of good momentum going in all three phases, and then got stopped on the fourth down and really seemed to be a drop-off at that point. And um, um, just some, some things that we're going to have to get cleaned up, certainly. So uh, that's going to be the challenge this week. You know, they always talk cliche-wise about uh, week two to, you know, week one to week two, and that is true. Uh, I think overall it's true. Most cliches are, if, if you make it, be true. So that, that'll be a challenge. But... Uh, just, you know, some plays we'll see on tape that were close, you know, where we couldn't quite execute them offensively, defensively. Uh, special teams to, block, you know, survive a punt block. And I've never seen one quite like that. Uh, certainly that was a good thing. 
So that, that's going to be the next thing moving forward. And, uh, you know, uh, that work will begin today. But right now we're just going to enjoy the fact that we uh, come out come out of it 1-0. Yeah, watch film, clean up, and Marvel, again, we mentioned it, a blocked punt still goes 37 yards. <laughs> I, was, I heard the thump, and you're like, oh, no, where is it going to go? And you're like, oh, that's still like at midfield. <laughs> Did you know blocked punts are not rec- are recorded as team punts? I'd never heard that or seen that. Well, I think, and it was that guy for Utah State that they, that Kirk brought him up on Tuesday, like blocked three or four last that's year, right. something like that. So about that. that's, yeah, it's a, it's a so team it doesn't stat, hurt, but yeah, it's it doesn't hurt dude. Taylor's, Torrey Taylor's uh, stats, punting stats, which is the important thing. Hmm. All right, well, we've talked about concerns and surprises and eyebrow raisers so far. Well, uh, biggest surprise, let's uh, narrow that down. Biggest surprise for you guys in week one. I can go first. I, I thought it was Caden Wetchin. Um, yeah. He had three big runs. Big weekend for Williamsburg. I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, I went out to Kids Day, and I don't remember him really getting the ball that much, mm-hmm. at least with the ones. And to come out there, and I was one of the first drives, I was like 21. I had to look at, you know, um, at the roster just to make sure I knew who that was. And then uh, almost had a touchdown. I think his toe stepped out at the yeah. three. Um, would have been an awesome, you know, moment for, for him, the Williamsburg kid. Uh, so that was my biggest surprise. And Kirk even alluded to the fact that he's going to have a role in this yeah. team the whole season. So that'd be my biggest surprise. Weejin is how it's yeah. pronounced. Weejin. Weejin. I think his brother uh, had a couple for, for the Raiders Aiden. against uh, against Xavier again. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm wearing this just because I'm an alum. I'm not pushing back. <laughs> Coach Richie might have the best team in the, in the state. Williamsburg looked By the fantastic way. on Friday. Um, For me, yeah. um, biggest surprise, I think, would be Deshaun Lee. Um, I just felt like he really impressed well. I mean, I I don't, I guess I just wasn't expecting him. I mean, I think that we all talked about how good the secondary was and mm-hmm. how deep they were and how much talent they had, but uh, I don't think we had thought about the name Deshaun Lee when we'd sure. been talking about the secondary. And so to see him come out, I mean, Utah State was very intentionally, it seemed like, going after him because he was maybe the unknown face it's Cooper on the other side, yeah. We yeah. talked about that. That's why I said Jamari was going to have... Uh, more picks than Cooper. And, and so to see him play as well as he did, um, I mean, he had a you know great interception that got wiped off, obviously, um, but uh, I thought he really had an impressive game. He had, he had a couple really nice picks in that in that open scrimmage, too. We did, speaking of Jamari, uh, he'll be out for Iowa State and then back against Western Michigan. Uh, didn't get any more details on that, but uh, take that for what that is. My biggest surprise, Mike and I just talked about this not too long ago, Deontay Vines, who had so much hype coming in, at least in terms of just finally being healthy, finally getting to be a one, I don't think he had a target on Saturday, on Saturday uh, which yeah. maybe not the biggest surprise in terms of like jaw-dropping, but yeah, but I think more of just like, man, it would have been cool to, to see him get get a couple looks. Again, that's just you know how it is, and this is going to be a tight end-driven driven offense. Uh, so it would have been cool to see that. A little surprised more, uh, again, by thought there'd be a little more success in the run game but again is what it is biggest concern uh, we'll start with you uh, and then go around but biggest concern after 60 minutes of football in 2023 yeah um not a lot of big concerns but I would say I mean we talked about a little bit already but I would say um O-line slash the run game a little bit I mean I would have liked to have seen um you know somebody break off a little bit bigger run you know something like a 30 yard or something like that um, whether it be Caleb or LaShawn, um, and, and yeah, just the O-line, maybe I think I was, a, maybe just with the names that they had coming back and, and the amount of experience returning, maybe I just thought that they were going to have a little bit of a more impressive, you know, dominant game. Um, so I would say that that for now is my biggest concern. I think the big one I had, um, on a couple of those scoring drives, they were aided by, Utah State had 10 penalties for, for 91 yards. Their coach brought it up in the post game of, he legitimately felt like if they would have cleaned up the penalties a little bit, they, they had a real shot in this one. And you could argue that Iowa's offense was aided on a couple of those scoring drives by, by bigger penalties. I know there's a face mask. There was a chop block on the defensive side. Uh, so, again, not the most overwhelming concern there, but you do wonder, okay, well, if they play against a more disciplined team that's not going to be committing penalties, getting flags thrown, uh, can they sustain a little more there? So, um, Wonder what they'll go against. Again, just better competition. Um, again, no, no disrespect to, to Utah State, but once you get into 
even going to Ames next week, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, but certainly going to Happy Valley and then coming home for Purdue and going to Madison and everything that's coming up in Big Ten. Uh, you wonder if, if they played teams with a little more cleaner of a performance, uh, if, if they can still sustain and, and get that offense to keep growing so they can move it regardless of, of what's happening on the other side. Yeah, I think my biggest concern, you guys kind of both touched on them, and I had one in 1A and 1B. 1A is the run blocking. Can it get better? Especially, you know, Iowa State's got a really good defense. How's it going to work next week? Um, the other one, kind of to Mitch's point, just the offensive consistency. You saw the flashes of, wow, this offense can be really good, but then you saw some lulls where um, if you do that against better competition, it, it might not work out in your favor. Yeah, I think that was my line even in my tag yesterday where it was like at times they looked magical. It was just a thing of beauty, the offense, and then other times you're like, boy, Kirk's got some things to clean up with these guys sure. by next week. Let's start with Mike, top performer after week one. Who's your MVP, your MVH? I tried to go a different way just because I – I'm pretty sure at least someone else is going to have this, but I, I just couldn't. It's Jay Higgins. It's 16 tackles. Um, it's been a while, and I, we, Hawkeye didn't have one a game with that many tackles last year. Uh, he stepped in to fill in some big shoes just for game one, and uh, he's, he was very impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jay was great, obviously, on defense, um, and we'll talk about him more, but um, I, I'll just give another offensive one. Maybe I'll just say, other than the obvious guys like uh, Cade, I mean, uh, Lachey looked Pretty good. I mean, he had some nice catches out there, uh, some tough catches where he had to, you that know. 31-yarder was great, and then another yep. one in that drive, he was Go fantastic. horizontal a little bit. Um, had his helmet come off at one point, which is always, like, yeah. a fun, you know, kind of fun moment for the fans maybe to see them have to run off the field with their helmet. Well, if, we, if we can get shots of players yeah. on camera. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, good visuals. So I'd say, I'd say maybe him. He's a he's a nice top performer. I'll, I'll go different. We'll, we'll talk about Jay a lot more in a little bit because he was terrific. I, I'm still going to say Cade. I mean, your first – your first game as a Hawkeye, your first pass as a Hawkeye. I mean, it, it was storybook. That was part of the magic there, right? Uh, again, hoping for a little bit higher of a completion percentage. There are some drops, some near misses. That'll happen, but uh, that's a heck of a debut. 17-30, 191, two touchdowns, no picks. So good for him, but Jay Higgins, man, 16 tackles in your debut is, is pretty darn good. As the kids say, and as we've alluded to, Jay Higgins is him. Mike just said this. There was not a Hawkeye performer, including Jack Campbell, in 2022 that had 16 tackles in a game. That's something. You add in the fact that it's 92, 93 degrees on that turf, and you're running around the way he was, hitting dudes the way he was hitting them and tracking everybody down. It was an impressive performance for a kid who voted a captain, um, I remember Kirk after the Nebraska game last year bringing him up kind of unprompted of, of a guy who had been stepping in and help, helping as they were trying to hold off Nebraska and pull that comeback off. He brought up Jay uh, unprompted, and I think that says a lot about this kid. The performance certainly said a lot. Jay, though, giving credit to everybody himself. In fact, giving credit basically to anybody who plays middle linebacker at Iowa. Take a listen. I'd say um, I saw a video from Inky Johnson. He was talking to some college team and he said, expectations are external and the standards internal. And um, I mean, I feel like if you put any any linebacker that wears a Tiger Hawk, he would have did the same thing. You know? Just trying to live up to the standard, keep the defense moving forward. I feel like we did a good job handling the tempo. Uh, I mean, the, these dudes were getting to the line of scrimmage, snapping the ball. And usually they get to the line of scrimmage to see what you're in. These guys are just getting to the line of scrimmage just to run a play. So uh, I feel like we did a good job just handling the tempo. Uh, everybody got a line. Everybody's eyes were right. Obviously, some things to clean up. Obviously, a pick six would have helped us. We wouldn't have gave up a field goal. Um, but obviously, some things to clean up. Um, excited for the guys. Uh, first time this group, this defense has played together in a real setting. So uh, really, really proud of the guys. You guys know the last game that somebody did have 16 tackles? Did he go back that far? It was, last year it was Jack sometime in 21, right? Or was it Jack or Seth? It was Seth. Oh. Wait, actually, let me – no, I've, Seth had the high last year. It was Jack in 2021, I believe. Yeah, against Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, he made a lot of good points. Again, uh, an, an offense they were going up against that didn't really care what set they were in, just kind of ran up to the line and did it. Uh, I respectfully disagree with Jay when he <laughs> says that anybody in the Tiger Hawk playing middle linebacker could do that because, <laughs> as we just said, even Jack Campbell last year didn't do that. Now, listen, I'm not 
I'm not saying Jay's going 18 overall to Detroit next year or 18 to whoever in the draft, but that was as impressive. I, I mean, we were talking, a lot of people were talking on the sidelines, just like Jay's everywhere. Because mm -hmm. as, you know, people who are really watching it through their lenses, literally their lenses and every picture and every video you've got on the defensive side, 34's in there running around the place. So he was as impressive as we've seen from, from anybody yeah. in a while. And again, to, it, the fact that that was his answer to, hey, man, you had 16 tackles in 90-degree heat. Like, how are you feeling? And he's quoting inspirational videos and that mentality. And I don't think that's an act. That sounds like that's just how that guy is. And I think that's why he is a captain and why Kirk seems to, to think so highly of him as well. Just an awesome dude who, who played out of his mind and, and set a tone for the rest of the season on this defense. And an Inky Johnson reference. Boy, that was... Watch those video. videos. Yeah, uh, Inky, Inky can motivate, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, he did say he is going to have some restless nights, though, because of one incident. I think he alluded to that a little bit, talking about a possible pick six. But Jay uh, could have added one more stat, and he's going he's gonna to be thinking about that one for a while. Looks like you almost had an interception. <sighs> <laughs> I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose sleep on it. I'm gonna lose sleep on it. Did you read the play before it was happening? You were right in position. I was. I was blitzing off the edge, and I saw the back leave. So I knew if the back's going out, somebody's coming behind me. And what opportunity? You know what I mean? Oh, I was mad. I was mad. Oh man, that sigh. Yeah, he, he was so <laughs> mad that John Steppy brought that up. Yeah. Oh, come on, John. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, but, uh, I mean, yeah. again, just it went to show he was all over the place. He had a PBU as well um, on a kind of diving. He was he was great. We, we talked about a few uh, drop passes on offense yesterday, but a few potential interceptions, too, that were dropped. Potentially two pick sixes that could have happened between Jay's looked like it could have been six, yeah. and uh, Cooper had one. Cooper that, had like, one, yeah. Cooper had one. Uh, another guy who, who had uh, a PBU. And uh, another great debut, and we were expecting high things from him because why wouldn't you when you've got 350-plus tackles at college? Nick Jackson starting there in the linebacking core with Jay. What a duo they're going to be. Uh, he was flying around as well. Had a great pass breakup, but Jay uh, just spoke about that partnership and what that could be like as we move forward in 2023. Great communication out there. Um, obviously, you plan for something all week. Um, we plan for them to bring tight ends, and they didn't bring any tight ends. Um, and when they did bring a tight end, it was a big guy who stayed in the in the core. So the ability just to change what we've been practicing all week and um, communicate. And I mean, you guys saw on that third down where early in the game, he gave up that same route. Um, they come back to it late in the game, big conversion for him, and he picks it up. Um, and that, like that's pre-snap communication. He actually told me the play was coming. And just examples like that, where it's like, you, that's all you can ask for. We, we expected their senior tight end, number 83. Uh, he was a big part of their offense on film, obviously. So, I mean, we watched every game they had last year. He was a big part of that. And then they also uh, had 87. So they would pair those two up, really get the run game going with those guys. Um, I mean, in 10 personnel, we're in the Big Ten. So we're not really built for 10 personnel. Uh, that's why I'm so, I'm so happy with Nick. I mean, just being a linebacker. <coughs> basically playing, he was guarding a pass all game. I mean, you, you look at the stat sheet, it's going to say he had a quiet game, but, I mean, the guy was in coverage the whole game. And that's, as a linebacker, I would rather make tackles than guard people. So, Yeah, uh, <laughs> boy, that's the ultimate linebacking line, isn't it, right there? Um, he pointed out that it's, it's a Big Ten defense. It's not really built for flying around sometimes with, uh, with that uh, with that scheme, like we alluded to, uh, Kirk said that they basically had to go watch film of four different teams that this offense coordinator had worked for because there's so much turnover in personnel with Utah State coming to this year. That was the only way they could really get their minds around the scheme. So, I mean, there's just a ton of film stuff. And then, as you hear, they trot out one look when they're kind of preparing for another. And, yeah, it's Week one. I mean, hashtag week one problems. There's just a lot of stuff you prep for, and then it's something completely different sometimes. It's, it's really interesting with this linebacking group, too, because, I mean, with, with the kind of week that, uh, that Jay had, I feel like, you know, Iowa State or other teams moving forward are going to really start keying in on Jay or just, like, figuring out how to, how to avoid him. But it's like, you know, you got Nick Jackson to worry about then if you're not going to be focusing on Jay Higgins. So um, if those two especially are the, are the big guys to watch out for this year, that's a... Yeah, interesting to see next week when the offense is, isn't as high tempo as spread out, you know, Iowa State, that Nick Jackson probably have a 
more of an impact on the stat sheet. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, Jay was like, I'd re- he, he did a great job in coverage. Uh, I didn't get to watch, focus on that that much, but I'll take his word for it. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see once we get more teams who, who run the ball and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he was dropping back kind of in pass coverage a little bit more and, um, you know, had some nice little breakups here and there. So um, great week one. May, again, maybe not as sexy as Jay had with the amount of tackles that he put together, but um, still no no complaints at all about what we saw to Nick Jackson. He's got 350-plus in his career. He could he can afford to have a, a day where the stat sheet isn't as impacted, of not course. Double digits. They're, uh, they're losing sleep over a couple missed picks. Xavier Wampa, or Xavier Wampa, excuse me, you should know better. I know how to say Xavier, right? <laughs> uh, his first First pick of the season, second of his career, of course, had the the pick six in the Music City Bowl against Kentucky. This is a great look here. Again, left the game later for, uh, it sounded like some heat cramps. Again, just 90 degrees. It was humid out there. You're going to have a couple guys like that. Sounds like he'll be fine. Uh, Doughboy's going to do Doughboy things, getting the turnover there. Uh, and protecting the ball, so plus one in the turnover margin after after week one. Uh, if you're an Iowa fan, I think that's something to hang your hat on as well, right? Yeah, good uh, good angles of those. I love those from the Hawkeye social media team or who is ever shooting. Yeah, those are great. Follow fl- uh, Flight Crew Crew three one nine. I think is the uh, the new Iowa creative content Twitter handle they just launched about a week ago or so. Give them a follow because that's a an awesome team that Caleb Saunders and company have. Uh, one pick that you won't see because according to the stat sheet, it never happened and therefore it goes into oblivion uh, is Deshaun Lee. You talked about him already. Uh, had a big uh, kids day scrimmage, the pride of Belleville, Michigan, rolling out and really doing some great, great stuff, throwing in there for Jamari. Uh, he was super, super impressive, like you said. And, you know, Cooper's kind of got his side locked down, so naturally they were going to go right at Deshaun and he took everything that Utah State offense threw at him. It was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah, you could tell just right away. I think just the, he had the first two tackles of the game, I think. Something like that. Um, yeah, they went right at him in the beginning. They just yeah, went right after him. Were you surprised to see him start, I guess, pregame? Were you thinking it was going to be T.J. Hill? Uh, T.J. Hall, I mean, sorry. Yeah. I just really liked what I saw from him. Yeah, he played day, it So it made, it made sense. I, I guess I wasn't even thinking about 100 different other things going into the yeah. stadium, like where really? are you going to stand and all that. So there were some there was some talk that Jamari might be out and I didn't even think about who who might go in but when I saw eight trot out there I was like yeah made sense I mean haven't seen a ton of film on him uh redshirted all last year but I remember back to to earlier in August and remember what he did and go yeah that's a dude that can go in there and make some noise for sure yeah, yeah. I think I'd say uh, maybe a little bit I mean again I hadn't really thought about it either who was going to step in there um, but because I think I probably would have said TJ just based on name recognition and experience, that kind of thing. But um, by all accounts, he had a great August. I think he won the Ballhawks right, the ball. title um, and, and, and fall camp. So, yeah, excited to see what, what he has. And uh, soft-spoken kid, but he uh, certainly you could tell with a smile on his face after uh, afterwards in the postgame presser. Uh, redshirt freshman feeling, feeling pretty good about what he did and, and what he can do going forward. Starting nod. Um, for like the last previous couple weeks, I've been running with the ones, but the week of the game, I found out that I was actually going to start. What was that moment like for you? Um, I was just ready for my number to be called, just p- preparing a lot, just putting in a lot of work, so I'd be ready when that day finally do come. What like what changes I guess have you made from my speed? I see things quicker. Um, I can actually play, being less timid. You know. Not really scared to mess up. You, you mentioned learning stuff from the Porter guys. Who are, who are some of those guys and what have you learned from them? Uh, Jay Mar, he helped me out a lot. He always in my ear telling me things that he see. He's been here for, what, four or five years, so he see things that I might not be able to see. So he just really put me in his mind. I just look at stuff way differently. We've heard from Cooper at Media Day and now Deshaun there, the role of Jamari Harris in film study, coaching up these younger guys, giving them looks and ideas of what to be looking for. Uh, again, he's out against Iowa State. They're expecting him back against Western Michigan. But that's huge. Uh, again, a guy who missed it all of 2022 with an injury, was playing as good as anybody on the Iowa defense in 2021. For him to continue to be there and help develop these guys, a guy who's playing in his place now, uh, same way with Cooper last year as well. Seems like uh, just really kind cool. of uh, similar to Kayvon Merriweather, what we saw out of him last year, just as far as a leader in that yep. back room. And uh, Kayvon Merriweather from Deshaun Lee's alma mater, uh, the Belleville boys there. So ah, okay. 
build that pipeline as best you can. They've got some great, great football players uh, at Belleville. And again, Jamari will be uh, be out for for Iowa State. So Deshaun will hit the road for the first time uh, and we'll see what he can do against the Iowa State offense. Let's talk Cyhawks, shall we? Let's Looking not. Ahead. Well, we're going to have <laughs> to do I'm a little sore anyway. on the Cyclones right now, but all uh, right. You and I alum Owen Sebring a little sore about uh, the Panthers uh, going into Ames and Boy, Iowa State, with all the turmoil that they have dealt with over the last couple months, looking uh, pretty darn good under Rocco Beck. uh, Had, what, three total touchdowns, I believe it was, something like that. It is true. Like, uh, we were talking with uh, Jake Brind, uh, our WOI colleague who's an Iowa State alum, and he kind of mentioned this to me earlier in the week, that it's like, it's just weird how the UNI-Iowa State games turn out because it's like every time... You know, it was Brock Purdy's senior year that they went to whatever, overtime, triple overtime, whatever yeah. it was. So was Sawyer Coleman? No, it wasn't Sawyer Coleman. But that was a few. Oh, Lord. Was that Eli Dunn on that team? I don't know. Maybe. Regardless, it's like every time they think Iowa State's just going to smoke these guys, it turns into a one-possession game. And every time they think Iowa State stinks this year, you and I is going to keep it close, then Iowa State goes out and blows the doors off, off of them. A very weird <laughs> way that that rivalry works. Yeah. Um, I but, think same thing in like 2011, it was this kid named Steel Jance was starting for Iowa State. Like, who's this kid with some Halo name? You know what I mean? Like, it felt like that. Like. <laughs> You guys ever play the Steel Jance map on Halo? And it was that same year that... You gave me PTSD by saying that name. Because <laughs> <laughs> you and I had... Uh, Terrell Rooney was starting at quarterback. David Johnson was a freshman on that team. And Steel Jance just... I still remember him just launching one to, to Josh Lenz down the right sideline. And the go-ahead touchdown, he was Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week for that. So, yeah, to your credit, yeah, when these years where you don't think you know what Iowa State's got, uh, they bring it certainly. Mm-hmm. So... First impressions after a, a 30 to nine win over the, the Panthers, I was a three and a half point favorite to start out. Uh, what do you think of, of what we could see on Saturday in Ames on Fox 28, folks? I would be very, very excited with my season opener if I'm an Iowa State fan. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be uh, just giddy with how that thing turned out with everything that's been going on over the last month with that program, losing your starting quarterback and starting running back for them to come out and put uh, 23 in the f- in the first half uh pick six in there too two touchdowns in the final 48 seconds of uh sorry that's not right but 10 points in the final um 48 seconds of the first half um just a really impressive performance by those guys and uh Rocco in his first starter quarterback looks great for those guys I mean yeah that was that was about as good as you could have possibly dreamt up if you're an Iowa State fan yeah I think just probably the almost a sigh of relief of after everything they've been through over the last couple months just Okay, we've still got some guys, yeah. uh, and certainly I'm, I'm sure Matt Campbell is stoic as he can be. I'm sure he's just he's thankful to see the the guys he's putting in there and putting trust in her. Only 113 yards for Rocco, oddly enough, with that kind of performance. Two touchdowns, 10 for 13 passing. Um, I think a lot of people really like what they saw out of Abu Sama at running back. Boy, he's um, good. He's, he, he got swallowed up by all the Caden Proctor talk at, at Southeast Polk. Mm. I saw that kid at Linmar, and I feel like a couple other times he is – got the potential to be special and if and if you're Iowa and you're well you thought Jay Higgins was running around a lot against Utah State keep keep the legs loose Jay because he's yeah Abu's he's a talent man yeah a great For kid true he's freshman I mean that's yeah. insane I mean, yeah he was run behind Caden and you wonder boy you lose a, a starting offensive tackle at uh to Alabama, what's he going to do? Yeah, he's going to be just fine uh, playing in Ames. He's going to be a fun one for the Cyclones for sure. Mike, your thoughts on what's coming in the Cyhawk? Yeah, I mean, obviously impressive win for Iowa State. And we had a lot of discussion in the newsroom and on this pod about, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I, I thought the Cyclones would come out. They got a beep, beep. pretty solid uh, <laughs> uh, defense. It's, you know, there are a lot of unknowns, but you could say DJ that. DJ Tampa's still out there. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's still good. A lot of unknowns on the offense, uh, but, you know, that's pretty normal for college football these days and in past days when players graduate obviously that didn't happen it was a different reason that players left for Iowa State but um, still planning to watch the game tomorrow I got it on replay on ESPN plus looking at everything and looking at the highlights though the one thing that I I think it would be if you're a Hawkeye fan you're kind of licking your chops is third down efficiency Iowa State was two for 11 Hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's going to, you know, that was just a first game jitters. I'm, I'm sure they're going to improve from game one to game two. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's something to, to look forward to when, when you got that, those, those linebackers, you know, trying to rush on a, a quarterback who's making a second start. 
Along that, that line, too, uh, a big thing to be encouraged of out of Kate as well. On third and fourth downs, 9 of 12. Um, keep the chains moving as best you can. So that was good to see as well. Uh, just a really interesting, just similar game plans in terms of them easing off the gas, uh, you know, scoring 23 in the first half, and then I think also just saying, like, all right, we're good. Let's get our backup quarterback in there. They played yeah. a little bit of J.J. Cole as well. Um, Looks like it was 30-3 to three after three quarters, and that's when yeah. you and I scored a... There's six points. Yep. Um, Shout out to Desmond Hudson, by the way, had that uh, that late touchdown for the for the Panthers. He was a Iowa transfer, I believe. He was he the guy in 2021 or the the muffed punt in the Seahawks game. I feel like he was. Oh, he who might have been Johnny on the spot. I might yeah. be. I might be forgetting him hmm. uh, or misremembering that. But um, yeah, he went up to to you and I was looking for more reps and. So we got a touchdown in the uh, in the Seahawk game, or not the Seahawk game, but in the the opener against. Are you guys surprised that the spread's three and a half in Iowa's favor after the kind of you know lull of the second and third quarter offense and the game being in Ames? No, because I think the the evaluation is probably still Iowa beats a Mountain West team. There's yeah. maybe a little still FCS. Uh, yeah bias if you want to refer to it as that yeah uh i guess it is a line that makes sense to me i can, I can yeah i can see that, that. yeah I, I just get you know as a hawkeye fan i get nervous going into ames any year so <laughs> yeah especially after they show that they they can do some things that this is not just going to be a down year for the cyclones that this is not a hot seat year for matt campbell Sorry, I'm trying to look up, trying to figure out who. While you're doing that, Nick who, Stew is uh, in the comment section. No. Nick Stewart? Uh, we're not playing Halo, Nick. Uh, maybe later tonight. Did someone say, <laughs> of course he did. He just <laughs> ears perked up from way down in Florida. Um, I do think it's great on the on the news side of things that we went less than a month and we're like, hey, Nick, we, we need you for an interview here. Granted, he's, he's covering uh, hurricanes down there and everything. Um, we should audit ourselves, uh, as Mike unfortunately informed me. Got the sad of, receipts. Receipts have been saved, not unlike Deion Sanders did for everybody that was down at Colorado. That's go buffs. That, that, that's fun over there. Um, so we made some picks, some Big Ten West game picks last week, and things aren't going well. Mike, you want to run? I don't down think. That yeah, game? I don't think Owens heard Wait. these yet. Uh, sorry. So, oh, as far as the uh, Big Ten West place. picks. Yes. First, can I give a little piece of trivia that I was going to show? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, first off, okay. Um, as, all the teams in the Big Ten that played this week, which Big Ten team had the largest margin of victory this week? Which Big Ten team had the largest margin of victory? Washington. Yeah. Just kidding. That is. <laughs> they beat up on Boise State. <sighs> Deontay Young. Yeah, it would have been Oregon. Deontay was Young was the guy who. Uh, oh, yes. Devontae yes, right. Young uh, was the guy from the punt thing. So apologies. Biggest to, Big to Ten Desmond team. Um, um, I just I convolute all the, all the reserve wide receivers that play on special teams for Iowa. Biggest. Margin of victory. It's probably Wisconsin. They won 38-17, I believe. It's 21 points. Yeah, I believe that was the points. score. Big Ten West. That was the score, but that is not correct. Okay. Um, dun, 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 Big Ten West team that won by the biggest margin. I didn't say Big Ten West. Okay. Big Ten team. Apologies, apologies, apologies. Apology not accepted. Then it was either Michigan or Michigan State, right? Maybe? Uh, nope. Not Mich no. Michigan won by 27 against East Carolina. Um, Michigan State, or is there showing on here? Um, then it's going to be somebody weird, isn't Maryland, it? Maryland, then. I don't know how good they Maryland, play. Right? Maryland. Yeah. Maryland won 38-6 to <laughs> against Towson, um, so 32 points. Proud alma mater of uh, former KGN reporter Deion Broxton. Hey, there we go. CBS4 in, right. uh, in St. Louis. Wait, Towson or Maryland? Towson. Okay. He's from, um, from Baltimore, though. Proud, proud native of Baltimore. Yeah, 32-point margin of victory for uh, Talia Tongo-Vailoa and the... And the Terps. Uh, he's, uh, it's, he's a talent, man. But that, that's just what stood out to me watching some Big Ten games yesterday. I watched the Illinois like, game last night, saw them almost lose. Um, but even like Michigan, number two in the country, they only beat East Carolina 30-3. to um, Penn State, yeah, 38-15. Ohio State, 23-3 to over Indiana. Just, I was often said better. No, <laughs> <laughs> Look at the numbers, guys. <laughs> nobody in the Big Ten really like went crazy unless Rutgers is really pounding Northwest right now. 17 nothing at half over the Wildcats okay. there. Um, Gavin Whitsum has looked or has looked fun for uh, for Rutgers. But On yeah, to let's, receipts. Let's pull out those is receipts. That a, is that a transition so to, to the... Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So... We picked all the Big Ten West games, so two Big Ten West teams play each other, so there's six games. 
We right? did spreads. That's really what killed yeah. us here. The spreads killed us. There's a lot of high spreads. Um, I went one in four. And I am currently, depending on this, this Rutgers game, Rutgers is covering right now. That would put me at two and four. Owen went two and three on the, on the week. Uh, you have Northwestern plus six and a half, so that would take your score to two and four if, if Rutgers you know, continues. And then Mitch has, is 0-5. Wow. And he has Northwestern, so he could be looking at 0-6. Did, did I pick Toledo to beat Illinois? You did not, but you okay. picked... Um, you picked oh, Illinois wait. to cover. Yeah, you did. Now okay. I'm blanking on, on who it, it was. Can you imagine how Kaysen was doing last night watching that weather first meteorologist, Kaysen Frerich? So Western Illinois alum, but a big... Illini fan, and he was great game to watch. That was he was uneasy about defending MAC champion Toledo for good reason. Toledo looked uh, they're gonna be fun in the MAC again for sure. Was I close on any of those? Zero and five. I know Nebraska covered. Um, That's who you had. Owen. you had number. You, you picked Nebraska. You were the one of the few. Mm. Yeah, that, another I, game that I almost thought I'd get. What What is Nebraska gonna go into in Boulder now? That game is, the, my opinion on that, just totally flipped. Just Colorado, probably the most impressive team yesterday. I, I thought they were, you know, a year or two away, but they've got some dudes. Yeah. Travis Hunter, uh, I remember the, all the hype when he committed to Jackson State. They're like, what's this number one recruit doing going to Jackson State? Hmm. Uh, laying the foundation for a possible Heisman role. We were talking, the last guy we can remember who played both ways at the Power 5 level, Chris Gamble. Ohio, yeah, Ohio State. State. We're Bank probably pushing 20 years since Chris yeah. Gamble, right? We're not that 2000, That was 2003, I think. Or was that the national title team, 2002? Yeah, Gamble was on that. I so think. that's more than 20 years away? I can't, well, I've already established I can't remember people that far back. The only game, Mitch, that separated back. us on the picks is the Buffalo-Wisconsin because I was the one who was like, I'm not picking against a 28-point spread no matter who it is. Hmm. And uh, Wisconsin won by 21, so they were a touchdown away. So, yeah, that was the close one. They ran, uh, I think, 33 rushes for 312 yards for Wisconsin. Phil Longo's going to keep running the ball, even in an air raid. They'll, uh, they'll be all right. Air Tanner raid. Mordecai will look okay, though. Shadour Sanders. Shadour Sanders. 510 um, yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Keep somebody. 90. Man. <laughs> Dion went off in the, in the presser about, like, oh, you wondering why I was starting my kid? Why I just gave him the starting job? You're wondering? Because I got receipts. <laughs> four? Didn't, didn't think I knew what I was doing. This is something I do not see very often. Four? receivers with 100, 100 yards, yards yeah that's insane so there was a stat i was watching espn college game this morning um last season colorado out of the 12 games they played only had three receivers go over 100 yards Jeez. so um yeah <laughs> if that tells you anything we'll be reacting to shiloh sanders leads them in tackles on defense yeah they're uh folks in boulder are are happy i'm excited to not to, not to plug other pod, but Joel Klatt uh, will lead his podcast tomorrow with uh, some buff stuff for that's, sure. That's an old rivalry between Colorado and Nebraska going back to the days of the Big Eight, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm going to say. And I feel like, you know, just Dion with his mentality, he's going to want to come out and just stomp those guys as much as he can. And with what they just did at, in Fort Worth against TCU, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Real quick, Mitch, uh, Nick Stewart says Big, in the chat. I saw. I, <laughs> Nick Stewart says, I wish I worked a job I could be wrong all the time and still be employed. For an in, for anyone not Big in the twelve TV youths, business, oh, we've up. got our. I think we might we might have one of them internet trolls in here. Big twelve Utes in the chat. You all gave up points to Utah State. You only beat Utah State by ten! Exclamation point! Question mark! Exclamation point! Question mark! Exclamation point! Crying laughing emoji sideways. Crying laughing emoji upright. Crying laughing emoji <laughs> sideways. Crying laughing emoji upright. Our first troll. It's it's week one, man. Guys. It's Could you give it one minute? Uh, how are you not actively, absolutely terrified by the rest of the season? Um, I can be active. I'll, I'll keep that up. I, why am I not terrified? I don't know. You guys beat Graham Mertz in Florida, dude. Like, go enjoy it. I, I don't know. How am I not terrified? Because it's football. It's a sport. I'm terrified of death and living comfortably for <laughs> the next 50 years, hopefully, man. I don't know. This internet thing. I still have fun shooting games. I yeah, mean, Regardless, like, I have fun shooting college football, win or lose, frankly. Hearing like, a cheer, getting to do the wave, like, like all that stuff, man. It was fun. Good old time. How is it a troll to call out a terrible win? That's a question. Use a question mark, please, and thank you. Um, I think he's confusing us not, for, like, 
being fans. We, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> we, we covered the game. Um, I appreciate the activity. That's active. Yeah, I do. Li- more comments than we've got the rest of the whole chat. <laughs> if you're appreciate a Hawkeye you. fan, I think there are things you can hang your hat on. You know, last year, Iowa started against an FCS team, uh, granted a really good one, and it was 7-3. to three. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. Won eight games. So um, I think if you're, you know, if you're a Hawkeye fan, there are some things. Obviously, if, if this is the case in six weeks, then I think you're concerned. We mentioned that at the beginning of the show. But I think we have to give it some time. Yeah, I'll be absolutely really. terrified if we're getting through Wisconsin and Iowa's still looking like this. But again, I'll probably still, I'm not going to be Jay Higgins losing sleep because I dropped a pick. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just be sad that I was not doing as well as I'd hoped, but hopefully the earth will continue to rotate, the sun will continue to rise, and God willing, we'll all make it through. Unless we don't, that ru- does that it. Last for, line? That <laughs> does it for that does it for Eye on the Hawks here. Thanks to everybody who got in here in the chat, most of you anyways, and uh, engaged with us and all that. If you want to follow us on X Twitter platform, formerly known as Twitter, whatever it is. Eye on the Hawks there. Again, the YouTube channel, Iowa's News Now. That's the account on Instagram. Uh, go check out Mike's photo gallery on uh, iowasnewsnow.com, cbs2iowa.com. Still takes you there as well three and a half years later. Uh, lots of good stuff. Well, again, we'll get to talk to Coach and the team on Tuesday as we get ready for Cyhawk Week. We're not going to make predictions now because we're still licking wounds. We'll save that for later in the week. We'll continue to look across the Big Ten West and everything and... Want to know, folks? Enjoy the little things in life. We'll see you next time.